Okay. Are we really doing this? Starting a podcast? Starting a podcast. Oh, we're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's our first episode, and we're doing this thing. (laughs) I mean, because, like, what else are we going to do in this pandemic that hasn't ended yet? It goes on and on, my friend. The pandemic that will (laughs) never end. It's true. (laughs) That song's going to be in my head for a week now. Thanks. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> so maybe just like we'll go into a little bit of detail about how we met. So Daria and I met last summer mm-hmm. through our mutual love of Netflix's The Last Kingdom, a show that <laughs> has been on TV for quite a while. And I clearly have watched it before because when I started it last summer at the recommendation of a friend because... <laughs> I had no attention span after the beginning of the pandemic. I couldn't read books. I couldn't watch any TV that I normally liked. All I did was attempt to make sourdough and virtually school my child, (laughs) which both of which were hell. Uh, So thankfully, my child got through school and my sourdough did not did not go anywhere but you know so yeah so I started watching Last Kingdom and when we went to watch it it said that the first episode had already been watched oh you gotta love that and I was like did it did it get watched so (laughs) apparently it did and so we were like a little bit hesitant to start again but we did and then I think I made my husband watch it like every we watched like five or six episodes like within I think we were done within like two weeks we were done the whole like four seasons um of the show and then uh Daria and I met through a Last Kingdom fan group and I don't know we just hit it off yeah it's kind of crazy to think about I mean The Last Kingdom isn't really a show that kind of speaks to uh rabid fan bases <laughs> But I've been watching it that is true. for years. And so when you probably revisited it, season four had just premiered. So I was like fresh in my like renewed love for Uhtred de Bevenberg. Right. Yes. So it was great to meet someone else who like loved it as much as I did because no one in my life watches this show except for me and my husband. <laughs> and even he watched it before I did. When he found it on Netflix, he was like, what do you think? And I was like, oh, I think that's going to be boring. So uh, <laughs> go ahead. I'm just going to sit here and maybe, you know, I think I napped through the first 20 minutes. <laughs> and somehow as I woke up, you see Alex Draymond coming up from the water. It was like that perfect I mean, moment. And I was like, oh, okay, I think I can watch this now. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to rewind, but keep yeah. going. I was like, oh, I'm in. I'm all in now. Yeah, amazing. And then we just sort of figured out that we're basically twins that are not related. Daria and I love pretty much exactly the same things. It's amazing. Um, To the point of being super freaky and buying the same items and not telling each other until we've bought them and been like, oh, look what I just <laughs> bought. And we have also bought that thing. <laughs> so um it's weird guys it's real weird (laughs) but it's um wonderful and amazing yeah and it's been super fun and we decided not too long ago that we talk all the time about tv we do not just the last kingdom there's a lot of shows that we love and a lot of shows that we're hoping to do some recap and discussion on in the the months to come the list is long um the list is very long 
it does involve a couple of shows with swords. <laughs> so give a man a sword. We're excited about Darian that. Darian Jenny will be there. It's pretty much a <laughs> exactly for sure thing. Yes, it's a given. Yeah. <laughs> but today we're not talking about swords. No. We're talking about football. Yeah. So are you excited to talk about Ted Lasso? I sure am. It's been such an interesting experience watching this show because I used to play soccer when I was a little kid and I was horrible. I mean, I basically just ran around (laughs) chasing after the ball. There was no strategy to my game, but soccer's huge in my household. All of my brothers play. My husband loves it. We are watching Chelsea and Man City games at four o'clock in the morning. It's a thing. But I didn't think that this show really was going to be that good. But everyone (laughs) I know has recommended it to me and they love it so much. And it's like, all right, well, what else are you doing? We're working from home. We're not leaving. We're all in lockdown. It's, it's been kind of an amazing little thing. Yeah, it's for me like I had uh, I had people recommend it to me as well. But sorry, just to back up, I know absolutely nothing about <laughs> football. Um I don't know how it's played. I know you kick a ball into a net. That's the the amount of That's knowledge the most important that thing. I have. Actually, I have I have learned a couple of things watching uh Ted Lasso. I know that you're not allowed to talk to your players after they leave the little bench area. Don't know what that's called. <laughs> But I know that you just have to like tell them all the plays that they and then hope that they make the right decisions. I know that. I don't know how penalties work. I know that for some reason you get to kick the ball from a corner if you're lucky. I don't know how that works either. But I really, really, really loved this show. It's so great. So before we get into it too much, I just want to give everyone a little bit of a summary. In case you are not familiar with the show Ted Lasso, it's on Apple TV. And Ted Lasso is the story of an American football coach who takes a job as the manager or coach of a Premier League football or soccer team uh, in England. Very early on, we see that Ted is a complete fish out of water, um, but he takes it and, and everything else in stride. He says, it's not about winning or losing. It's about making these players the best versions of themselves. And by the end of the season, not only are you rooting for all of these characters to really be the best versions of themselves, Ted included. But you're also left wondering if you're being the best version of yourself that Ted wants you to be. And it's just such a wholesome, soft show that I love so much. But it also has like a lot of, I I say it's soft just because it, it just makes you feel good. Yeah. But it also has a lot of, it has a lot of character, it has a lot of heart, and a lot of substance, I think. Oh, yeah. And I think even though we do sort of, like, the joke now is about, like, kind of being that person that Ted Lasso wants you to be, there's also, like, a surprising amount of, of edge to moments that you don't expect, too. It's like they kind of sneak it in in a really smart way. So it kind yeah, of keeps absolutely. you on your toes, which is good, too. Yes, I agree. And now that we're familiar with the overall season one arc. In anticipation of season two, we wanted to dedicate this episode into going through all of our favorite moments from season one. And I will start because I'm very excited to talk about this, the biscuits. I know. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) In 10 episodes of television, zeroing in on some baked goods is kind of absurd. But like the biscuits to me are such an important part of this show because my really are my favorite dynamic is Ted and Rebecca I mean I really truly love seeing that relationship flourish 
And the biscuits mm-hmm. are sort of like that starting point because her love of these stupid little things is really what starts to endear her to Ted. And I just, it's like my favorite running gag to see him barreling through the office door, whether he's like hitting his head on the door jam, knocking things off the wall, tossing her the box. She's like desperate for them, sniffing them through the paper. I mean, it's yeah. it's genuinely so good. And when we find out that it's Ted painstakingly oh God, baking them every my morning, heart. I can't. I, the reveal is just, it's perfection. It's like, like I think perfection. I made a noise that is not human. When <laughs> I saw him take those bi- biscuits out of the oven, I swear to God, I was just like, oh, <laughs> it's so perfect. And the Especially like, when you know that she's like trying to destroy him as he bakes these goddamn biscuits. And also that she's like trying to hunt down where they come from across London. <laughs> right. Right. She she has everybody running around trying to figure out who makes these damn things. And it's Ted. And it's just amazing. It really is one of my favorite parts perfect. of the entire it's, season. It's so great. So I think one of my favorite moments is actually going to break all of our rules in our very first episode. It's not one moment. Uh, it's an entire season of moments. It's the friendship between Rebecca and Keely. And it's just so magical to me. You know, I've worked, and I know you probably have as well, have worked at so many companies where women feel like they have to compete with each other. Oh, God, yeah. Or if you're in a position of power like Rebecca is, you need to be a certain way. You feel like you have to be a certain way um, in order to have people take you seriously. And sadly, that ends up with women, you know, putting other women down or just not supporting other women because they're so worried about, you know, their own precarious sort of position. And I just think, I just feel like Rebecca and Keely, they're just like this wonderful friendship that has, you know, very quickly, it has no egos. It has just like such honesty between them. And I just love to see how it sort of, the friendship grew and like emerged over the season. And I, I mean, (laughs) it's very rare to have two, I would say, like, main characters. I, I mean, I know they're it's an ensemble show, but to have two main female characters in multiple scenes over multiple episodes talking about stuff that has nothing to do with a man. <laughs> it's so great. Now, yeah, they do talk about men because their whole life revolves around this pack of crazy men. Um, <laughs> but there's also really genuine moments that have have really nothing to do with that. And I just, I I love it. I just love it so much. It's probably one of my favorite parts of the I show. I mean, and it's, it's so great too because their friendship to me is so realistic. The way that they hype each other up, the boob jokes, the, I mean, yeah. it is so much of how women really interact with each other. That's sort of like... Yeah. aggressive love is like very yes. uh, real for me. I mean, that's how, you know, yeah, we all it's, interact. It's accurate. So yeah. to see that is just, I mean, when Rebecca is in the, look, the whatchamacallit, what do you call it? The like look and see at the charity gala and you have Keely like screaming oh, for her. And she's the on the red carpet. Yes. Oh my God. I, mean, I love it. It's so great. It's just the way that like me and all my friends hype each other up. Yeah, of course. I love it. I think, too, to go from there is that moment at karaoke 
when Rebecca is literally letting it go and you see Keely cheering yes. her on from the audience. Yes. I mean, that's... I know. It's... Uh, that moment is probably one of my my favorites because you have Rebecca finally letting it like letting it all out, being herself, yes. not worrying about being the hard ass owner, and the entire team yeah. gets to see her do this and take it in. You know, you have Roy who's like quietly singing along, which is because you know he knows every, every word. word. <laughs> because how many times uh, has Phoebe made him watch that? movie right we know it's a lot yeah, uncle of the year sitting through <laughs> that movie 47 times right Ugh. it's so great and and just to see the team like so they were so happy to see rebecca sing they were so it was just like such a great moment where it's just like i think she finally feels like she can just be rebecca and not the person who was married to Rupert. And it's so lovely too because they're enamored with her. I mean, this giant group, I mean, they're all completely like mouths agape, eyes wide, like, holy yes. shit, this is our owner. She's a badass. Yeah. And she gets to see that being herself, not the like cold hearted, yes. you know, bitter divorcee. Like, she gets to just be herself and they love her for that. Yes. And I exactly. think oh, so true. that moment is so important because I think it gives her the like courage to go outside and check in on Ted during his panic attack. Yes. And yes. that moment so is true. so special because it like really elevates their relationship. You get to see a side of Ted that you've never seen before because he always usually has mm-hmm. it together. And Rebecca gets yeah, to be exactly. the person that like takes the lead in, in caring for someone else, which is, is not really her, her thing usually. No, and it's it, it. You're right. It's such a huge moment in her growth of her character arc um, over the season, and I think it just it really it really is a pivotal moment for her character. Um, if you think about what comes after that episode, there there's huge changes in her behavior that are amazing to see. Yeah, it's one of the. I mean, that whole sequence is really just. It's perfect. It really is. I think my, I guess my other sort of favorite moment is, again, not a favorite moment. (laughs) You know what? Rules are made to be broken, okay, guys? It's everything involving Roy Kent. Yes. I love that man deeply. (laughs) It's no secret to anyone who knows me. Uh, They know I love reading romance novels. Yep. Um, they know I'm a huge advocate for the romance genre, and um, there is nothing I love more than a grumpy, brooding hero that, at his core, is a kind, sweet, vulnerable man. And, like, that's Roy Kent. <laughs> yeah, I think I could have told you when you started watching that there were a few characters that you were going to align yourself with, and Roy right. Kent was uh, at the very top of the list. Yeah, and to be honest, like, I... I knew nothing about the show when I started watching it. I didn't know any of the characters. I didn't know anything. Like, I literally knew it was Jason Sudeikis, and that was it. And it's just been, it's it's so great to, like, really get to know all these characters. And it's also kind of nice to really get to know a whole new cast of of actors that I haven't really seen in a lot of other films or tv shows i've seen a couple of movies that juno temple was in and i love her she's amazing she's just like a little ray of sunshine everything she does 
she really is. And I've also seen, I mean, I've seen Game of Thrones um, that Hannah Waddington was in. But yeah, there's, so it's, I'm going on a tangent, but it's just nice to see a whole new cast of characters or of actors that I now feel like super, like I need to see them in everything now. Like I want them all to like succeed and do amazing things because like every single one of them is so great even you know the some of the the actors who are players who maybe don't get a ton of airtime but they have such like great little there's so many great little moments between them or you know little like arcs in the episodes that I think are just it's so great to see them and it's so great to see such young actors sort of coming up and it, it's it's interesting so maybe now I feel like we should kind of touch on like the cultural impact of Ted <laughs> that he has had on the world because I think Ted Lasso in a pre-pandemic world <laughs> versus our current state of living in this pandemic. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if Ted Lasso would have done as well in 2019 if that's, you know, if that's I mean, when it premiered. I don't think that I would have wanted to watch it. <laughs> um, but not that I wouldn't have enjoyed it. I know that once I started watching it, I would have enjoyed it no matter when it was. But I don't know that I would have been interested or wanted that kind of TV in 2019. But, you know, I feel like this is the kind of television that the world needs right now. <laughs> you know, in the finale, uh, Ted keeps getting told the phrase, it's the hope that kills you. And right before the game, he tells the team that he disagrees. You know, he thinks it's the lack of hope that kills you and that you need to believe. And I think the world kind of does need someone in their corner. You know, they need, they, we needed someone to tell them, to tell us it was going to be okay, to be positive, to tell us that, you know, against all the odds that we need to believe that things will get better. And, you know, that they know we're trying to do our best. And that, you know, our best is good enough. And I think Ted Lasso, you know, this show kind of did that for people in a way that I'm not sure that that Jason Sudeikis or um, any of the cast kind of knew how how much it would mean to people. Yeah, I think it's been a weird, crazy 15 months for a lot of us. And I think that there's been so much pressure in lockdown to sort of like figure out your shit. And like, I don't know. I know so many people who were starting new hobbies. They were starting new exercise regimes. They were like trying to do something to keep themselves motivated and happy in, in the last year and a half. And I think, you know, a lot of us forget that like we've we've survived a, a, a worldwide pandemic and like really the most important thing is that our bodies just got us through it and it doesn't matter <laughs> yes what they look like it doesn't matter if we've learned another language or figured out how to perfect our sourdough or you know cross stitch or whatever it was that people picked up in the last year and a half and like kudos to them for doing it but like I think what's been great about Ted is that it's the kind of show that instills a little bit of hope and just being exactly as you are yeah absolutely being being the best version of yourself yeah which is a beautifully wonderful sentiment in an a tv landscape that sometimes tries to be edgier than it needs to be it's kind of nice to have just like a show about people looking out for each other and having fun and like not taking shit too seriously but also taking the important stuff seriously like the being a good person and having empathy and like supporting relationships those kinds of things that I think we we don't really have a lot of time for usually in our day-to-day 
I, I would absolutely agree. And I think something that maybe we didn't put as much importance on before the pandemic, whether we meant to or not, you know, there is a lot of, you know, there's a lot of conversations about work-life balance coming into play now that wasn't happening before. And and I think that's all part of it. And I, I think you're right. I think it's it's people really reevaluating what's important to them. And and this show really sort of helps solidify a lot of those ideas. Yeah. Okay. Now that we've sort of talked about our overall like favorite moments from the season, I think we should also so- sort of talk about our highlights and our lowlights. Every show has them. I'm going to start, I think, my biggest highlight for this season. And this was hard to choose because this really is a show that I, I just adore. But when I really, really think about it, episode eight has to be my favorite. The Diamond Dogs. Sorry. Yes. Ted Lasso's yes. personal dilemma squad. I mean, it's <laughs> it just, I think, captures everything I love about the show. It has these sort of beautiful moments in so many of the major relationships in the series. We have Rebecca and Ted who are really starting to have this like interesting understanding of each other. And I think that really comes out with the dark game. You know, I mean, Ted has always been pretty open about who he is and it's really up to the other person on whether or not they believe him. And I think Rebecca really wasn't sure if Ted was legit (laughs) until this moment. I think mm-hmm. that that monologue he has with Rupert talking about how people, you know, judge him for all of these wrong reasons and that, you know, it's just the realization on her face is such a beautiful moment. And then when he wins and she loses oh. her shit, I mean, it's it's so perfect. Watching Ted put it Rupert really in his place is like... Mm-hmm. kind of the horniest moment of the entire season. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> I have to say it. It just is that moment. <laughs> It's so great. It it's, really is so great. It's so good. I just love the way that Ted keeps surprising Rebecca. I I, I love that. Even though he's always honest, he's always open. He's like, this yes. is who I am. He still finds these ways of like getting Rebecca to second guess her plan, you know? And of course, that's what we all want. We want her to figure out that like it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Fucking over the team, fucking over Ted, none of it's worth it because you have this like great man right here who like could really do wonderful things for the team. And for her, and I think that's, you know, for her personally, which not to say that's her only motivation, but I think she is someone who hasn't had a lot of people do good things for her. And so that's, that's, you know, it's huge that he, you know, that that happens. And it's just, it's such a great, great, great moment. It's such a great monologue. It's delivered so well. It's, it's just all around one of the best moments, I think. Yeah, I mean, big props to Jason Sudeikis, who, like, you know, I fell in love with him during Colossal, that movie he did with Anne Hathaway, because he plays this, like, wonderfully demented character that you don't ever see coming. And it's it's eerie in, in how evil he can be in that movie. So to see him play this character, <laughs> yeah. and to see those quiet moments where he's throwing the darts and he's getting them in everywhere he wants them to be exactly, it's just... Ah, he's so good. Like, I never would have thought watching SNL that he had this kind of, like, energy behind it, but he's so good. He really is, yeah. There is um, a movie, and I feel bad because I cannot remember the name of the movie, but he is writing an article about um, a musician who has died, and he meets the musician's wife, and it's just such a beautiful, the, the, 
the cinematography is gorgeous the music is beautiful and the whole the whole movie just feels like this like really warm cozy sort of like indie movie it is so fantastic it was like the movie that I watched and I was like oh Jason Sudeikis is an amazing actor <laughs> we need like, to not that I didn't google this immediately so I can watch it Okay, not that I didn't love him on SNL because I absolutely did, but this this film was just I just loved it. I really really did. I will find it for you. <laughs> oh, it's called Tumble. Okay, adding it to my list ASAP. I'm a Sudeikis fan girl now. It's official. <laughs> to go back to episode eight being my absolute favorite of the season, I think. What yeah. else I love about it is we get Roy and Keeley admitting oh. like that they want to be in a relationship, that they want to give it a shot, yes. and and setting it in the press room and having Roy behind the mic and Keeley pretending to be a journalist and then another journalist and then another journalist was just absolutely Keeley at her best and Roy yes. finally figuring out who he wants to be and I love that she doesn't let him off the hook like she calls him out every single time and kind of forces him to sort of accept who he wants to be and and I just love like I, I didn't expect this relationship to happen in the very beginning this was like not at all oh, no. where I thought this this these two characters were going but I I just fucking love them I love Me them too. They are, I, I love them as a couple. I mean, I love them separately. Each of their characters are some of my favorite, Um, but I really do love them as a couple. I love how, you know, there's some like, they don't really know how to be around each other at first. And I, I like that awkwardness. I like, it feels real. It feels, you know, so I, I think that's, that was really interesting to see. So there is one thing about the show that I know some people really want Rebecca and Ted to be together in a romantic relationship. I've seen that kind of, I've seen little hints of that online. I want um, it. <laughs> but I really don't. Look, I won't be sad if it happens. But I just really love their friendship, which I think is so rare to have like a man and a woman be just friends. No, that's true. That's so, true. It's fine. I really do love that. <laughs> so I'm really hoping that like the romantic relationship of this show is Roy and Keeley. Because I think it would be so interesting to see how it evolves and how it grows, especially with, you know, whatever is going to happen with Roy, because we assume right now that he's not going to be part of AFC Richmond in season two. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in their relationship. God, I think, I think if we don't get to see Roy on the team next season, I'm going to be very <sighs> upset. Unless... I know. They add him to the coaching team, which could be fine. Could be fine, but not really the same. Yeah, it could. Or I hope he's doing something like with kids. <laughs> <laughs> like youth coaching. That I don't know. I just gave me a great chuckle right there. Right? I just think it'd be so great. <laughs> um, okay, speaking of laughing, one of my favorite like highlights of the season is when... Nate roasts the team. Oh my god, and bless he, Nate. Love that little man. I love Nate so much. I love him so much. There's everything about him is just so awkward and endearing and just 
I just, there's, he's so great. But like that, the roast of the team is just, it's so, it's the first, I feel, it's the first sort of hint we see that of Nate kind of like growing into himself and, and, you know, finding that courage. Tell them how it is. (laughs) You know, and I think they they all sort of start to respect him a little bit more because of that. And then that leads sort of into my second sort of highlight, which is the day that Nate becomes assistant coach and he calls Rebecca a shrew. Oh my God, it is beautiful. And I, it's so great because I just love it because it's such a great arc for him who at the very first episode of the show, he couldn't even talk to her and he ran away from her. <laughs> When he was trying to introduce Ted and Coach Beard. And I just thought, what a great sort of, what a great sort of moment to have him just be like, he's just come into his own so much that he's finally going to stand up to her for replacing him. And, you know, and then she, you know, he finds out that he's the assistant coach. I just think it's such a great little moment for, for Nate. And he's, he's so wonderful. And the actor who plays him is so hilarious and he just does it so well. And I think what's amazing about that moment too is we see him sort of become his own man and we see Rebecca sort of like take it in stride. Like she's such a great sense of humor about that moment that I, I don't think she would have been the same in episode one. And so it's this really great no. kind of arc for her to sort of like understand mm-hmm. and be self-aware of how she comes off and like be able to sort of like laugh and and you know it's it's such yeah a and almost like make a joke of it and and want to be part of the joke yeah. right want to be part of the little the little prank that they're playing on him it's so good and I think that part of Rebecca kind of leads us into the the like low lights for me for this season Rupert man you gotta love Anthony Stewart head he's a literal gem he was like my first real crush as a kid when he played Giles which I feel like yes. I've I've just let the world know a little bit about myself because um, I was a child. But he plays evil so well. Mm-hmm. I hate his face. He really face. does. I hate seeing Rupert every time he comes on screen. Every little thing he says, every moment Rebecca has to like deal with him. Those are like mm-hmm. the lowest points of the season for me. And not because it's like a bad part of the show. It's just, you know, Every time Rebecca takes two steps forward, Rupert brings her three steps back. And so it's this like horrible balancing act for her to sort of like push beyond Rupert's abuse and understand who who she is and and what she's capable of. So, you know, every time I see him, I really just, I want to punch his cute little face. (laughs) Sorry. I know, I know, (laughs) especially... I no, don't apologize. Especially like at the benefit. It's just so it's so painful. And there's so many moments in that episode where you're just like, Oh, fuck you. <laughs> you know, you're just like she's she's trying so hard and you see how hard she's trying and it's just oh when he showed up at that benefit, I was like, Are you kidding me? Like it was just like no, no. <laughs> you're just shouting at the screen. Get out of here. That's how I watch every episode. Uh, Okay, and the one thing I also didn't love is Ted and Sassy. Didn't love that moment, and I don't know how to feel about it because I want everyone to get laid and be happy, but I just... I didn't love it. And maybe it's because deep down inside, I do want Ted and Rebecca to make out a little bit. And now that he's already boned her best friend, I don't know what that's going to look like, but we'll see. 
Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I kind of just forgot about Sassy until you brought her up just now. <laughs> I mean, no offense. Well, that says everything, to, doesn't it? To her character. I liked her character in the dynamic between Rebecca and Keely and her. I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. She definitely gives um, Rebecca a sort of like great, I mean, it's like the first time we really see the more human side and get some of that backstory yeah. that has nothing to yeah. do with the team or Rupert. So that that is a great moment. It is, for sure. I, yeah, I don't, the whole thing with Ted was, I, I, like, I understand what they were trying to say. It's all part of, you know, him moving on, but, like, meh. But, like, most of the time when you sign your divorce papers in real life, a hot woman doesn't usually knock on your hotel room door. (laughs) That is correct. So, we'll just leave that there. (laughs) But actually, um, one of my lowlights, and this is not because I didn't like it, actually. It's because I did like it. Um, but it was such a intense moment uh, in the show is when Ted has his panic attack at the karaoke bar. And sort of that whole, not just that, but the whole realizations about his divorce. And, you know, we really see Ted at perhaps his lowest moment in the season. And it's it's so heartbreaking to see him just, like, he's, there's, there's no positivity in that version of Ted Lasso. Um, but also, at the same time, it's kind of, like, honestly reassuring, you know, that even the most positive people can have those moments of despair. And yet, in the course of one episode, we see him be able to bring himself out of that and he is able to move forward and he, you know, he's able to rally and, you know, he is able to hook up with Sassy. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and more than that, you know, we in the following episode, we see that he's good. He's good. He's signed the check. Te- he signed the divorce papers and, you know, they've got games to play. And so I, I think it's it's nice to see that you can you can have a panic attack and you can be in a low moment and know that, you know, even the most positive people have low moments and it's still okay. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And the one other thing just I wanted to mention in that scene when he is having the panic attack in the bar his hands are like he's he you see him looking at his hands the camera is looking at his hands and I didn't notice until one of my rewatches that he his hand he's clenching his hands in the first episode when they're standing on the field he is clenching and opening and closing his hands he's looking at his hands he shoves them in his pockets and I didn't notice that until I rewatched it a couple of times But it's very interesting because I think it helps us understand that not that Ted's positivity is an act. I don't believe that. But I think we see that Ted works really hard to be positive. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so good, Jenny. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I just, I, it took me, I've rewatched this show so many times, um, and it definitely took me a couple of times to notice that, um, and I think that's the best thing about rewatching it is you, when you've watched it so many times and you know, you know the dialogue, you're less looking at people's mouths or you're less looking at the, but you're looking at the more, the things that I sort of in the background, <laughs> the other, sorry, this is so random, but the other thing I noticed is that I think it's in the first episode or it's close to the beginning, Rebecca. Rebecca is Googling Rupert Mannion's name and there's like a, you know how Google does that automatic, like if you start typing in something, it's like it starts to auto-populate. Yeah. 
And one of the things is like Rupert Mannion penis length or something <laughs> is one of the things. And it just cracked me up. I was just like, you wouldn't notice that on your first or second rewatch, but like four rewatches in, you see those little moments and it's just, it's so funny. Um, I just, uh, there's a whole, I'm going to find the, the whole list, the screen cabin. I'm going to post it on our socials because <laughs> hilarious. So we've talked about, <laughs> we've talked about our highlight um, and our low light. And I think we should talk about who is our season MVP. Okay. It's got to be my girl, Keely. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I knew that we were going to agree on this. of course she's just she drives so much forward I mean she's like one of the few characters who isn't pretending to be someone she's not I think she really does have a firm kind of understanding of who she is and what she represents and what she wants to be and I think she goes into every single episode really not dealing with bullshit so if there is something that needs to be talked about she talks about it there's something that needs to be Mm -hmm. done she does it you know, she's yep. the one who keeps Rebecca accountable. She's the one who keeps Jamie accountable. She's the one who keeps Roy accountable. She does a lot of work. Like, I just want there to be an episode in season two where Keely's like in a spa, chilling out, having the time of her life. Because she definitely carries so much of like the story on her cute little back. Honestly, reward her for all the labor she has done for all of you. The emotional labor that Keely undertakes in season one is just absurd. And I also love that she's like Ted's guide through this new world, you know? I mean, and it's it's great for us as the audience because she's kind of there to lead us through it. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I just love her. Though I second, second MVP to me is Roy because... Always. When the show started, I just thought that he was going to be this like grumpy little side character that we weren't going to get like too much out of him. Mm -hmm. And slowly but surely, every single episode, he just, God, I just love him. I just want to give him a hug. I don't think he'd like a hug. I don't he's like the hug kind of guy, but I would love to hug that man, especially every scene with his niece. (laughs) I know. So good. So good. So good. (laughs) I love in that scene um, when they're playing soccer with all the kids and he's like really pissed off at Ted at the end and he tells off Trent Krim and then he just like stomps away and he's like Phoebe and then you like look and he's just like standing there with his hand out and like grabs his little niece's hand and just walks off it's just like it's so cute I just he is he is definitely second MVP for sure yeah um but just to go back to Keely very quickly I do feel like she's kind of like whatever Ted's equal would be in England, it's Keely. She's, she really is so positive in her own way. She's (laughs) maybe not as wholesomely positive um, as Ted, but she is positive and she really does try to help. Like you said, she does try to hold people accountable and she does try to help them be the best versions of themselves that they can be. And she, it slowly turns into a career for her in many ways with her, you know, helping these guys get sponsorships and so it's very much it's kind of rewarded by Rebecca for the for the you know the amount of stuff that she does for the team and I think that's really nice to see so I feel like we've talked a lot about characters that we love clearly you know Ted Rebecca Keely, Roy, Nate, and I don't think we could we could do this episode about season one without talking about Jamie. Jamie um, Tart. 
Jamie Tart. You know, he's he's very much painted as sort of the antagonist in a way, not quite as much as Rupert, but he is sort of painted as as the an, an antagonist in the show. And on the surface, you know, we see very little growth in his character. He's kind of always an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he really is such a pain in the ass. Like he he eight is, out of ten he, episodes. He almost, Yes, and he almost gets worse as the season goes on. I mean, there are moments here and there where you see sort of like this glimmer of humanity, but like then it just disappears. It's very short-lived. Right, but then right at the very end, at the very last moment of that game, when he passes that ball and it gets Manchester City that goal, and then all of a sudden the audience watching, you know, us as you know, people watching the show and Ted realize that everything Ted taught him, he heard it and it worked. Now it didn't work to AFC Richmond's favor. <laughs> yeah. But again, that comes back to Ted and that it's not about winning or losing. It's about making the players the best version of themselves. And that's what he did with Jamie. He really, at the end of everything, after all of that, <laughs> you know, Jamie did what needed to be done for the team and they, and they won. So I just thought it's a, it's such a great, it, it really is a, a very good character arc for Jamie, despite it being very hidden for, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it is also like, it's one of those really great moments of growth because Jamie doesn't really, it's like he doesn't almost believe it's happening. Like it, it comes kind of yes. naturally to him in the game. And then when he's sitting on that bus later and he's looking at that note from Ted, he's like, mm-hmm. what the fuck does this mean? Like, the, what? <laughs> What just yeah. happened? And Absolutely. it's this like beautiful moment mm-hmm. where he's like, ah, shit, like it worked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my God. I, I mean, I'm really curious, you know, as we kind of go through this rehash of season one, I am dying to know what we're going to get for season two. And I think we've both sort of mentioned that the, some of the things that we'd like to see. And I think, you know, we talk about Jamie, a really small, small, tiny part of me wants to see more of this Jamie, Roy, and Keely dynamic that we got towards the end there. Maybe I too have been reading a little too much romance in my life, but I just get a vibe. And I don't think Apple TV is necessarily going to go there. But there is this like insane chemistry between the three of them. And I I just I agree I want more look we all saw her pour one coffee cup into another coffee cup and look I'm not saying what has to happen I'm just saying you guys all know what has to happen (laughs) we need more morning coffee dates with the three of them I think right exactly I am I'm here for that I think for me I really I just want to see Rebecca and Keely living their best lives uh, and being besties (laughs) And, you know, I like I've said it before, but I am really looking forward to seeing sort of what's in store for Roy post his career with AFC Richmond and and sort of how how they're going to frame that, what they're going to do. I really tried hard not to watch the trailers or like clips that have come out because I really, really don't want to. And I'm normally I don't care about spoilers at all. Like I've literally watched or read entire summaries of shows before I watch them. So I'm not that kind of person. But for this I really have tried not to look at anything just because I want to be sort of go into it with 
no sort of knowing I want I want the surprises as they come which is so rare for me but I watched that teaser like 14 times because I'm ready and it's it also like goes really fast and I keep trying to think if I'm like missing anything but I think the only other thing I really hope to see out of season two is I really want Rebecca to find out that it's Ted who makes those biscuits and I know we've talked about this I don't think she knows and I just want her to know so badly I want someone to know that Ted spends all this time perfecting (laughs) his biscuit recipe because it's like one of those quiet moments about him that I just really love I feel like it's canon now that Ted just spends every Sunday baking (laughs) and I love it I I just think there's so many parts of his character that are just not typical of what we got from leading male characters absolutely and I cherish every little part of that like that personality because it's so unique to what we see in in almost any other show on tv right now which like you know I'm almost worried about what season two is gonna be like can it really live up to the hype of season one I'm I'm really hopeful I hope I mean me too I am hopeful and you know according to Ted it's not the hope that kills you so (laughs) Uh, fingers crossed he's right but no I am really looking forward to to season two I think it's gonna be I think based on what we've seen so far I know you've watched a little bit more than I have but just in the screenshots and just seeing sort of the sort of reaction on socials with the cast and there's been some super fantastic articles about with the cast and I just think I think that everyone's ready for more Ted (laughs) And I, and I think it's going to, I think it's going to land. I'm ready. I know Daria and I are super excited to talk about Ted Lasso season two. By now, episode one has already aired. So on Friday, July 30th, we'll be debuting our very first episode, recapping and discussing episode one of season two. After that, every Wednesday, we'll be dropping a new episode for the previous week's Ted Lasso. So, Daria. Jenny. I think we're doing a podcast. I think we are too. So where can they find us? Well, friends, you can find us at HotelVicarious.com or on social at HotelVicarious on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. New episodes do drop weekly, available anywhere that you choose to listen. Thanks for checking in to Hotel Vicarious. We hope you enjoyed your stay. Bye.